Welcome to the Drink Less, Live More podcast. If you are someone that is wanting to evaluate your relationship with alcohol, you've come to the right place. You don't have to call yourself anything. We don't have to use any labels. You're just someone that knows something isn't working for you and you want to make an intentional change. Let's go. Welcome back to Drink Less, Live More. We are coming into the season of fall. And yes, I am that basic bitch that loves fall and loves all of it. And I will drink all of the pumpkin spice stuff, buy the candles. I'll do it all. And I'll talk about how much I love fall a lot. So anyway, just buckle up. I might be talking about it every single week with you. I don't know. I just, I love it. It's like a re-energizer for me through the year. Like actually all of the season changes, I sort of get this boost of energy where I'm like, oh, this is fun. Now we get to do this for a while. I like the variety. It's all good, you know? So yes, I am that person that loves the four seasons and fall is her favorite. So um, I was talking to a friend who actually was a client in the program and is doing quite well and hasn't had a drink in almost three years by her choice. Um, And she kind of started a little bit before she connected with me and then started, you know, actually digging in a little bit deeper to why she was drinking and went through the 90-day program. And we just reconnected for coffee. She's local, which is great. And so we were talking about this concept of control and being a control freak. (laughs) And then we also started talking, you know, I think they go hand in hand, talking about overfunctioning. So I tend to attract women similar to me who like to have control over things and like to control everything. I don't say that in a negative way. I don't feel like most of us feel like we have a choice in controlling things. If I could not be an overfunctioner in my house and felt like that would be acceptable and not even just in my house and the work I do too. If I could not be an overfunctioner, I would do that. Like that sounds easier. It just feels like, again, that we don't have choices in this, but we do. So that's what I want to dig into a little bit. I titled this episode Control Fatigue because that was exactly what we talked about was this idea of, well, if I check my email 16 times, then maybe I'll be able to get ahead of the day the next day. If I know what I'm walking into in the office, then I'll be able to control what happens. And what we know about other people is, number one, we cannot control them. So we have no control over their reactions. They could show us one thing one week and then have a terrible week and come back in and show us something completely different because they're not the same person. In that moment, right? They might just be a little less healthy from a, you know, mental perspective. Maybe their emotional regulation isn't great. Maybe they slept terribly. You know, there's all these things that can change people's behaviors, ours too. So we can't control people. We know that. But we often want to control the environment so we can mitigate the anxiety. So as we were talking, she and I were both kind of sharing, well, the reason why we control things is because we, you know, have anxiety about it. And if we know what's going to happen in the future and we predict and predict and predict, then we can stop it. And it actually doesn't work. 
We can't stop it. Most of the time we're wrong with our predictions because, again, environments just aren't controllable. And now we've spent all this time and energy trying to predict and control what's going to happen. And we have no more energy left. We are fatigued. So I've not heard anyone use these two words together. Obviously, we've heard of compassion fatigue. That's a huge thing in the nursing community and then also in just healthcare in general with the people that I work around is this idea of compassion fatigue. But I really think, especially at the higher levels of leadership, and those tend to be the people that I work with, there is a control fatigue going on. They don't want to make any more decisions. They don't want to be the overfunctioner. They don't want to control the environment 24-7 to make their lives easier. It's exhausting. So as I was talking about that, you know, she and I were bantering back and forth, you know, making light of it because we're like, yes, we both still struggle with this for sure. Um, we know it's there. We try to check in with it when we know it's not serving us. But yes, we are still what we would consider control freaks in a lot of scenarios. So what is the answer to this? Is it okay to be a control freak? Do you like being a control freak? Sometimes I do. Sometimes it really does set me up for success and it's great. And then there are other times that I am just so exhausted from all of it that what do I want to do when I get home? pop open the bottle of wine, right? Like that was the old pattern of behavior because I was so tired from controlling everything and now I got to control how much I drink? This sucks. I don't want to do that. So when I'm in a space of control fatigue where I can just feel it, where I'm like, I'm so sick of making decisions. I don't want to do anything else. I'm sick of trying to control every single environment I'm in and even control people's emotions. Like if I can control my kids' emotions and how much they liked school or didn't like school on the first day, or if they're making friends and all these things, it's like, I can't even control that, you know, like I try and it's not even successful, nor do I want to control their emotions. So this is not working. Um, so when we think about, you know, controlling how much we're drinking, there are t just so many times in my journey where I'm like, okay, so this is not a night to have a drink for me. And honestly, because I drink just so infrequently. And it's like a drink here and there. And I usually give myself four or five days in between drinks to just kind of work it out of my system. And, you know, I know I had an episode on intermittent drinking. That's kind of what I'm talking about, like giving my body a couple of weeks or four weeks or longer to just get rid of the alcohol. So I'm really, truly not affected by it. Um, but, you know, if I have to control that every single night and say, OK, I'm only going to have one. I'm only going to have one. I'm only, it's, that's all you can have. Well, that's even more exhausting. So it's just easier for me to say, you know what? I'm just not going to drink because I'm feeling this way right now. And it's, I'm not in a good space. So even if it's a Saturday night and I was planning on having a drink, I can always take back that plan. I don't do it the other way around where I have a plan to um, not drink and then in the moment decide to drink. So that's actually where I get myself into trouble. And I've just sort of tweaked that as I've moved into more mindful drinking after I took my long break. So I'm sure this resonates for many of you. If I had to guess right now, if I said, raise your hand, all the people that are listening to this, raise your hand who suffers from wanting control, control fatigue, decision fatigue, you know, whatever you want to call it, most of you would probably raise your hand. So 
what I want to give you as something tangible is to really start to shift this a little bit. So in my household, I am the overfunctioner and my husband is the underfunctioner. We have had many conversations about this. We know that's where we land. We have also been able to have healthy conversations about it to say, okay, so I don't want to really be this anymore. And he's like, well, I don't want to underfunction. I just don't feel like I have a choice either. So how can we work together in order to meet just a little bit more in the middle? Am I more than likely always going to have more of the control side of things or the overfunctioning side in our household? Yeah, probably. And I'm okay with that. Um, I actually don't know that it's humanly possible for me to completely let it go. <laughs> so I, there's a certain level of it that I like. So I'm not willing to give it all up. Um, is my husband always going to probably be more on the side of maybe a little underfunctioning? He might need more prompts. Yes. You know, I mean, like, I think that is true just based on our, you know, 14 years together, that that's probably going to be where we live. And just, you know, just saying like, okay, like just, it's okay. Like loving the fact that that's what is for us, you know, and just moving on. Like we don't have to fight against it. That's when we get ourselves into trouble when it is reality. Like when we're arguing with reality, we're going to lose every time. So we've talked about some strategies. Okay. So how can I let go of the, all of this control? Sometimes it's a matter of just asking him to do something with specific instructions. And it's maybe a one-time thing, you know, like, Hey, can you do this? So I don't have to do it. Sure. How do you want it done? You know, like that might be a question he asked me because he knows that in my over-functioning control, I like to have it done a certain way. And then on the other side of that, for me to step back and just let him do it. Let him do it. Don't be standing there critiquing it. Like remove yourself from the environment. Go do something else <laughs> so he can just do it in his own way. So I don't have to sit there and think, oh, my God, why would you do it that way? I've done it a million times. This is the dumbest way I've ever seen to load a dishwasher. It's not even going to get clean. He's going to have to clean it again. And you know what? He can learn all those lessons on his own, and maybe he never will learn that lesson. And that's okay. <laughs> Just let it go, right? So we, we both have opportunities to meet in the middle with this. If you're in a work environment trying to control every single variable, and checking your email 24-7, and I got to check it right before I go to bed because that way I'll know what I'm up against tomorrow morning and I'll be prepared. I want you just to try to not do that for two weeks. So I want you to try, and, and when I say try, like I want you to just not do it. Like don't check your email, whatever you got to do. If you got to remove the damn app from your phone, fine. More than likely, you are not in a situation where an email is an emergency. More than likely, I'm not going to say there aren't jobs out there where that is true, but for the most part, especially if you're in a leadership position, there's nothing there that is mission critical that's an emergency. And I worked in healthcare. So like I can truly say this, very rarely do we ever have true emergencies. And if you did, I found out about it real fast. They found me really fast. Email wasn't going to be the route they're going to go. So I want you to try it. Like, just walk in blindly to work. And I know all of you control freaks are like, what? But I want you to push yourself really hard towards the other side of this. Like, let's just try it. Let's see what happens. Did you miss anything? 
Did you get fired? Did you actually maybe gain some energy as you were walking into the office because you're like, hey, this is kind of exciting. Like, I don't even know what I'm walking into. Like, it's it's a little bit energizing to have that instead of having this drag as you get out of the car and think, oh, my gosh, I got to respond to her and I got to figure out how to navigate this and I got to figure out, oh, there's just politics on this side. I got to do that. What the hell? Like, that's all exhausting to be prepped for, to walk into an environment that you don't even know that's going to be true. So as we are looking at this from a drinking perspective, here are the things that we struggle with. So I see so many women with the control fatigue and they don't want to control anymore. So they come home and they open the bottle of wine and they finish it and they open another because nobody's going to tell them what to do because they're grown ass adults. And there you go. Then they wake up in the morning feeling terrible and Maybe they didn't even check the emails from the night before or they did and they don't remember. So now they got to walk into work fully, you know, like unprepared in their minds, also feeling like shit about themselves and physically feeling like shit. So, yeah, this is working great for us ladies to be these control freaks. So all I'm asking is for you to just like push yourself a little bit towards the middle of being just a functioner (laughs) and not having to control every single thing. And just see what happens. Like this is, this is what it's all about. Like be curious enough to see what happens if you do let go of control in some areas. The other thing I work with clients on is making a list of like what you actually have control over. So when we think of like those, you know, like a Venn diagram type of, you know, circle that connects, well, there's like things that other people do. There's external circumstances and then there's like this little intersection of like I actually do have control over both of these things in in no matter what comes my way I do have control over this most of the time what we do have control over is our reactions to what our environment right like what's going on in our environment our reactions the way we navigate challenges because those are all going to be there we can't control challenges out of our lives It's just not a thing. If you figure it out, please, please, please give me the recipe. We can't control the environments around us, but we can control the way we want to approach our own challenges and how we want to just show up in the world. So that's what the work is, is like, how do you, how do you define what you have control over, focus in on that and let the rest of it go? It's not going to be easy. You've been doing this for a long time. We're creating new patterns of behavior. So you're going to have to like be on it. You're going to have to catch it every time and really challenge it and question it and step back. But you know what? There's something really empowering about that to be like, hey, I used to always do that. And now I kind of allowed myself to step out of that. And it's been fine. Like nobody's died. It's not done my way. And maybe my way isn't the best way. Like, yeah, that's very possible. It's just the way I've always done it. So there's lots of opportunity here just to step out, to look at this as a little experiment, like we do with all the other things in life, and to just stay on yourself on this, like really commit to letting go of some of the control, especially when you really don't truly have any control. It's just a figment of your imagination that you do have control over it. So happy exploring, happy experimenting with this control. If you are someone that doesn't have this, if you are an under-functioner in your household or in your work environment, let me know because I want to talk to you too. I think there's lots of opportunity to hear your perspective around 
underfunctioning and why, if you're with an overfunctioner, why you underfunction? Because um, that's been a fascinating conversation with my husband and I too. So there's lots of opportunities here for everyone. And I wish you a wonderful week and happy experimenting. We'll see you next Wednesday. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you can be reminded for my weekly Wednesday episodes. If you're curious about my programs and options of ways to work with me, check out rachelpritz.com. And if that's not interesting to you right now, no problem. Just keep listening along for free. Either way, I'm here for you.